Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 115. Philip McCollum stops by the show and talks about his 52-week 52 short story challenge. It is a fantastic interview and I'm so glad that you have stopped by the show, but first some intro music. Welcome to the prolific writer podcast where speeds the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips and advice on writing fast, writing often and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well in no particular order. I'm your host, Ryan J. Pelton. So glad that you are here. And uh, as we uh, begin the show, uh, as you heard at the beginning there, we have Philip McCollum on the show, and he'll be chatting with me in just a few moments here. And he has a really cool uh, thing he did a few years ago where he wrote 52 short stories in 52 weeks to kind of build that writing muscle. And, uh, t- we talk a lot about that and, uh, and, and he's, he's also done that with, you know, a job and family and kids. And so I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation of making the time to write and f- kind of writing in the cracks of your life, if you will, as I talk about a lot. 
And a couple of things just as we, we kind of begin here is, is one, I just want to just remind you if you've been following along with the show, maybe this is your first time here, maybe it's your first time joining us. Well, glad that you're here. But the sad news is that uh, in a few weeks, uh, the prolific writer will be no longer. And so I am kind of winding down. I think I have two more interviews to share with you uh, after this one, uh, whenever you hear this and going to be winding down the the prolific writer podcast. And it doesn't mean I've stopped writing. Doesn't mean that I don't care about writers, but feeling like I'm looking at uh, just some other opportunities and uh, some new projects to think about and feel like, you know, Hey, I've, I've said what I want to say. And, and sometimes you just have to kind of leave it at that. And, uh, and, and what's great about the prolific writer is that it'll still be, um, hosted and you can still tap into all the great interviews. I think we have, man, at this point, who knows, 130 episodes or so. And, uh, so there's a lot of great free content and, uh, hopefully it'll inspire you and give you some tools for your, your writing tool chest. And yeah, just trying to figure out kind of next, next steps. Um, there might be another different podcast in the works. Um, but I still love writers. I still love the craft. Um, I love meeting creative people and, uh, hearing their stories and, and learning from them. And, and, and hopefully that's been a, a blessing and inspiration to you too, uh, being able to learn from them because really that's, that's why I started this podcast, uh, three and a half years ago was, uh, just to learn, uh, from other writers as I was kind of writing and publishing and, um, had, felt like I had a few things to say, but more importantly, I just wanted to learn from other people that are, that are doing, doing it. And, uh, some of the most prolific writers on the planet. So, uh, so that's been a, a really a huge encouragement to me as well. So it's helped me a ton as, as well. And hopefully you too. Uh, so that's one thing. And then secondly, um, not to get too, too deep here, but, uh, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, a few days ago, um, uh, Kobe Bryant, who is a former Los Angeles Laker basketball player. Um, if you've lived in a cave, you probably uh, didn't hear about this, but, uh, was killed tragically in a, in a helicopter crash, uh, with his daughter. And I, I think seven other people, uh, really just tragic story. And, and Kobe Bryant, in, in the sports world was just an iconic figure. Um, obviously not a, not a perfect man by any means as none of us are. Uh, but, but meant a lot to a lot of people, uh, especially basketball fans and sound like he was a good, good husband and father and, um, and did a lot for the community and, and, and all the different ventures that he was in. Um, and I was kind of, you know, just reflecting on that and thinking about that. Um, I have a young family and, and maybe you do too, or, um, or have kids and, and, uh, or, or don't have kids, but you have loved ones and people you care about. And, uh, and one of the things that, um, that just kind of struck me when I think about the writing craft and I think about books and I think about, you know, the messages you want to share and things is, uh, just, just remembering that life is precious and, uh, and life is a gift and, and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, and I know sometimes, uh, it takes a tragedy or it takes suffering to, to realize that, that maybe there's something in me or something that I want to share, but I've been kind of holding back and, uh, you know, maybe it's fear, uh, maybe it's, you know, I'm too busy or, or what have you. But, but the reality is like when we, when we're up close to tragedy, uh, sometimes it, it kind of pushes us and nudges us in a good, healthy way, uh, to think about. Hey, maybe I do have something I want to share and I've been holding back for whatever reason, but to realize, you know, next week, next month, next year is not guaranteed. Um, and that's not to, to put fear in us. That's not to, uh, make us scared or feel like, you know, I'm going to miss it. And, and, you know, hopefully by grace, we'll, we'll all live many more years, but, um, but you know, the, the reality is we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. And, uh, and I, I know I've heard that from many writers and, and people that have, you know, wanted to start something, do something, um, and just felt 
you know, like, I don't know, maybe next year, maybe the following year, maybe, you know, when I, when the kids are out of the house, maybe I can start writing that book or whatever, but I just want to encourage you just now's the time. And there is no perfect opportunity. There is no perfect time. There is no perfect season. Every season is going to have a challenge. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you in that. Um, and sometimes, yeah, suffering and, and, and loss kind of confronts us with that, that our, that our days are numbered. Uh, and so hopefully that may encourage encouragement to you. Uh, but Hey, without further ado, um, I'm so excited to share my conversation with Philip McCollum and here is me and Philip chatting it up. All right. Well, Hey, welcome everyone to the prolific writer today. I have Philip McCollum on the show. And uh, Philip, I am so excited to talk to you because you've been doing some really interesting things with what uh, some of us call writing in the cracks of your life. And uh, a few years back, it sounds like you did a kind of challenge yourself, took the Ray Bradbury advice and said, hey, I'm going to write 52 stories in 52 weeks. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. So before we get into that part, tell us, Philip, uh, maybe something about yourself. Tell us something uh, nobody would know except close family and friends. Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. That's a great question. Um, well, I, I, gosh, how to answer that one. Well, before I got into writing, uh, I was really into, uh, music. So, uh, I really didn't start writing until about uh, eight or so years ago, eight or nine years ago. And prior to that, I was really into writing songs. So, um, you know, most people in the writing community, uh, uh, don't know that you know they they really know know me only as a writer of uh you know prose type things so yeah i play guitar uh play keyboard uh have all this recording equipment on my computer so i used to write a lot of music and uh, actually i still do sometimes my wife is an independent filmmaker so i do get to play in that uh playground every once in a while and, and do some of the audio for her films so well, do you see anything? I, I've actually had a few musicians on the show before. Uh, you know, the idea of I long, long time ago, we won't go into that. I was in a band, but uh, weren't we all? Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, writing, I always found writing a song was really <laughs> difficult compared to actually longer prose because it's kind of like you have all this runway. It's like, okay, yeah, we can kind of space it out. But to actually write a song in a short yeah. space is difficult, right? That doesn't sound cheesy and makes sense. And you got to say a lot in a short period. Would you, would you say that's, that's, that's true or, or how did that help you kind of with your longer stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a lot like writing short stories, right? It's, it's, you know, at first glance you think, wow, this is easy. I, I only need to write, you know, 2000, 3000 words. And uh, similar with the song, you have to pack a lot of material, uh, you know, a lot of punch into a small thing. So that, that's probably one of the reasons uh, I, I had issues finishing songs too. You know, I, I get to uh, the point of frustration and uh, like, okay, well, I'm going to move on to the next shiny, you know, song idea in my head. And uh, so a, a long history of that uh, kind of led up to my 52 uh, stories of 52 weeks project. So, yeah, but there's definitely a lot of similar similarities. Great. Well, yeah, I, I love to talk about that because uh, you know, I would say probably today, I mean, we don't hear about short story writers um, that often or people even writing short stories, but I've always said, you know, that's a great way to learn. That's kind of how I learned to write fiction. Um, and it's really what you said. It's, it's learning how to 
you know, we always think like, oh, it'll be easy because it's short. You know, it's a few thousand words, no big deal. But to really pack a punch in a, in a short runway is really hard. Um, and I think kind of developing that muscle, because as you expand out a novel, it's just really just, you know, expanding it out. But being able to kind of have a first, you know, kind of a beginning, middle and end is difficult. Um, so tell me a little bit of the genesis of, you know, kind of this challenging yourself to write 52 stories. Um, I know, you know, the, famously Ray Bradbury said, you know, write a story every week and, you know, start from there. But yeah, t- talk about that kind of the, the process of getting there and what you were thinking and, and how to go. Yeah. So uh, you probably heard me just mentioned I've been writing for, for eight plus years. And when I say writing, uh, maybe taking finger to the keyboard every once in a while. And it wasn't until uh, I took this challenge that I felt like I could really call myself a writer. You know, I I had the issue for several years of just like I had done in songwriting, I'd start a lot of things and I would never finish them. And, you know, that that gets frustrating after a while. And uh, you're you're your own worst critic, right? And so, you know, you, you get down on yourself and, and, yeah, I'm a believer that certain things happen at the right time. And I came across that Ray Bradbury video uh, in, in the summer of 2017. And I also come across some other interviews. Uh, and I cannot remember who the authors were, but a lot of them were talking about short stories. And I, I, had, I enjoyed reading the occasional short story, but my thing was I always wanted to write novels. And so I thought, well, it's a different skill set. Uh, I'm not sure I want to, you know, hone that skill set. I really want to focus on this novel thing. But these videos popped up and said, well, if you really want to learn the craft, if you want to learn how to finish things, you really should focus on short stories. And so I thought, well, I'm not getting anywhere with this novel thing. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> so uh, that was sort of the genesis. Yeah, I came across the Ray Bradbury video. I came across some other folks that said, you know, the, the, you fail faster with the short stories. So you're going to learn a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole idea. I said, okay, well, novels are going nowhere. I got a year to spend writing short stories. Let's do it. And, you know, probably most people start big goals like this on, on New Year's. But for some reason, I said, well, I'm not going to wait six months. Let's, let's do this now in July. And then uh, we got going. So, you know, the, the Ray Bradbury vice, you know, it's become kind of I don't want to call it, it's not mythical, but it's, it's become this, this, you know, encouragement to a lot of people. And, you know, his, his thing is too, I think what you were mentioning is, you, you know, short stories are nice because they're short and you can kind of move on and start something else. You know, it's like, you don't get bored with, I mean, one people, people don't realize when you write a novel, there is a point where you kind of can get bored with, you know, the, the project because it's so big and it's so, you know, time consuming and you're so excited at the beginning, but then it's like, oh man, this feels like a slog. Uh, but short stories, you know, it's like, Hey, I can try a new idea, new characters, new setting, new, you know, genre, whatever. And, and I, I think that's a great thing for especially fiction writers is just to figure out also too, like what kind of genre you like or what kind of stories you like telling. You just get better at, at a lot of things, you know, dialogue, narration, you know, keeping the stuff going, all that. Um, so I think that's, you know, it, it's just a way to practice and just keep practicing. And I think that's, that's really beautiful. So, um, so l- let's dig into that a little bit further. So, you know, you, you say, okay, I'm going to set this goal. I'm going to do 52 stories, 52 weeks. Ray, Ray Bradbury said, if I did that, I'd have fame and fortune. And, uh, and so, so you set off to do that. Now let's talk about kind of genre, the story ideas, like how, I mean, how did you come up with 52? I mean, that's a lot of stories. 
you know, did you have some, some ideas in your head? Did you have some stuff already kind of worked out? What, where, where did you begin? Yeah, great question. So, uh, you know, the 52 story idea purely came from the Ray Bradbury uh, suggestion. And so I, I had no idea how I was going to start this, how I was, how I was going to tackle this uh, other than, okay, I have seven days to start and stop the story. <laughs> and, uh, and that was about it. I had a couple ideas for uh, bubbling around in my mind for stories I wanted to write during the project. But um, yeah, every week was a, it was like a new adventure. And, and that was a part of the fun for me and part of the thing that kept me going uh, and having those deadlines, you know, knowing, okay, I have to finish this story by Sunday. Uh, now, you, if you read the book, you'll learn that it wasn't always the case. A couple stories got away from me. Um, it, life rolls got away and it didn't, you know, wasn't able to finish the story within a week. But uh, for the most part, that was it. That was stick to the time frame, stick to the goal. And as you said, the ability to just sort of play with different genres, different voices, different uh, ideas, different uh, ways of, of writing and approaching the writing, uh, it, it was just a great way to experiment and really try to figure out, okay, what process is going to work for me? And so, you know, for folks that are out there struggling like I was and don't know if they should be outlining, should they be free writing? Uh, this is a perfect way in my mind for, to, to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Ray Bradbury fan too, and read a lot of his books and, you know, now we could watch some of his videos, which is a nice thing with YouTube. But, uh, uh, I think he actually says in one of his, uh, one of his talks, I don't know, it was like a longer lecture I remember watching and he was saying how, you know, starting with a novel is actually a stupid idea. <laughs> and, and, and part of that is because he says, you don't really know your voice yet. You don't, you know, you don't really know who you are. And so short stories really are a way to kind of hone that voice and, and kind of hone like, who am I as a storyteller? What kind of stories do I like to tell? Um, and, and I think that's the fun of it. You know, it is the fun of, and, and also like pushing yourself. You probably found yourself like, you know, maybe I've ne- I don't read a lot of science fiction, but I'm going to try a science fiction story or a Western or a yeah. romance or a thriller, or, you know, whatever, or just a life kind of story, you know, um, kind of more literary. And I, I like that because I think that's where I need to be pushed to because you get kind of comfortable and, you know, you just kind of do what you're used to or what you like, you know. Um, so, uh, so tell me a little bit about the process of, you know, once you had a story done, kind of what did you do with it? I mean, did you put it aside? Did you edit it? Did you, I mean, did that come later? Kind of, you know, yeah, that's a lot of stories to kind of, <laughs> kind of work through and obviously you put them together and, and all that. But yeah, what was kind of your process for like editing, cleaning it up? How'd you know if it was any good or did you just say, you know, it, it is what it is? Well, so I'll, I'll answer your last question first. So that was a big part of this project too, was really getting over that fear of putting the work out there for others to read. So uh, like a lot of the songs I'd written in the past and, and the stories I'd written prior to this project, uh, yeah, I, I get to the point where I said, there's no way I'm going to let anybody hear this or read this. This is just not good enough. And so part of this uh, project was really to say, well, you don't have that excuse anymore. You have to put it out there. You have to let others decide if they think it's good or not. And so uh, at the end of every week, typically on a, on a Saturday night, I get in just before the buzzer and I would run through a quick, uh, you know, uh, Grammarly or, or some sort of grammar spelling check just to do basic uh, copy editing and then uh, post it on my blog. And then folks would see it on Sunday morning or, or perhaps Monday morning and comment on it. 
so it was a great way to uh, to really feel also that I was not just writing for myself, but I was writing for other people. And I think that's a big part of this practice is, okay, you have to get used to the idea that you, if you want to be a published writer, you have to publish. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a quick and dirty edit um, until it came at the end of the 52 weeks when I got the crazy idea to put it all in a single volume. And uh, so that was a little more time consuming and just go back and and make sure I had some uh, more proper edits done. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was pretty much the process. Well, it sounds like you're a big, uh, I think reading some of your stuff, big Dean Wesley Smith fan, you know, just who's, who's very much, you know, like get it out there, stop, you know, worrying about perfection and, you know, obviously do the best you can, but you know, it is, it's like, I want to tell the next story, not just, you know, live with this. Um, I I think I had a short story that I picked and poked at for like three years and it was like 3000 words. You know, you're like, this is ridiculous. Like this is the shortest little thing. And it's like, it's not good enough. You know, this doesn't work. And you know, just crazy. Um, and, and I think that's healthy. I mean, what, what I like what you're saying is like, you're, you're holding yourself accountable to, to the public because you're, you're saying, I'm setting this challenge. I'm going to share it with you every Sunday night or Sunday morning or whatever. Um, and you're forcing yourself to like, kind of put yourself out there and say, Hey, I know some are going to be great. Some are going to be terrible, but there's just something about getting, learning how to do that. And, and, and something breaks open in us. I, I talked about this a lot in the podcast is like something does break open when you kind of start publishing and it's, it, you know, your first thing's never gonna be that great, but just that the process of doing it and saying, Hey, here's my work. You know, you might like it, you might not, but let's, let's get it out there and then move on to the next thing. Um, I think that's a, that's a healthy discipline and habit to have, you know, uh, just constantly, even if it's just blogging or, you know, it doesn't have to always be short stories or whatever, but just something to like, Hey, here, here's something to, you know, see what happens. Um, I, re- I really like that. And, um, and these, you know, you've, you've probably read some of Dean's stuff as well. And yeah. Um, you know, Catherine rush, I've had him on the show and, you know, they're really big into like challenges too, like just creating yeah. your own kind of challenges. And I love this, this idea of 52 stories because you're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to create my own and it's fun. Like I'm going to create my own challenge. It's going to hold me accountable so I can actually start taking this writing stuff seriously. Um, now as you, uh, Philip, as you kind of, you know, finished this project, you had all these stories out there, you know, just off the top of your head, what, what would be just like a few like lessons you learned from just doing this particular kind of challenge of 52 stories in 52 weeks? Like what, what were some things you learned about your own writing craft about, you know, writing in general, uh, publishing, editing, anything that kind of jumps out at you, like what you learned about yourself or about your, your craft? Yeah, great question. So, uh, one of, one of the big things that I took away from this was, uh, the dirty word of discipline, right? So uh, a lot of folks, they picture writers kind of just lounging at Starbucks and, and, and having a great time. And it's, you know, for folks like us that, that uh, are, are have day jobs, have kids, uh, that sort of thing is just not a luxury. And so I found that, you know, it's what especially held true is that you have to make the time, you know, time's never going to show up. And so, you know, for that year, I spent, uh, you know, the 365 days getting up practically every morning at 430 in the morning before my day job started so I could get those words in and make sure that I was producing. So, uh, you know, discipline, I found, was a key idea, a key principle when, when you're not just tackling a project like this, but when you just when you when you're trying to be a writer, you know, you have to bring yourself to the keyboard every day. Uh, so that was important for me and, and, and the discipline is not necessarily a negative thing because that, 
for me, it built up momentum. So every day I was at the keyboard, I, I got more and more excited because that story was still living in my head and I couldn't wait to get more uh, of those words down. So, uh, yeah, for me, that was a big thing. Uh, and, and the idea of deadlines uh, really helped me focus on finishing. You know, those deadlines, and a lot of people say the same thing. You know, you, you have to set those deadlines. If, if not somebody else, you have to do it for you. And so I think uh, those two things together uh, will ensure that you are producing and you are actually writing and putting it out there. No, I like that. You know, so you, you talk a lot about writing the cracks of your life, you know, kid, day job, all that, um, waking up at four 30. Um, so what, what, ha, what's kind of your pro like, what was your process obviously getting up early, but did you have kind of like word count goals? Did you have, was it just whatever it needed to be? It needed to be like, how did you decide kind of how long each story? Cause I, I was looking at some of the stories and yeah, there are different lengths and you know, um, yeah, is it yeah. just kind of let it, let it be, or did you have like, Hey, every morning I need 500 words or a thousand words or any, did it, were you that planned out or no? You know, it's funny. And I think I mentioned this in my book, but if you kind of plot out my journey from the first story all the way to the 52nd story, uh, I was very meticulous when I first started. So I said, okay, I'm going to dedicate the first day to, uh, some sort of planning. I'm going to outline, I'm going to mind map. I'm going to do all these things that, uh, you know, on second day, then I will type in 500 words, third day and, and so forth. Um, but as I got more comfortable with the process and just more comfortable with how to write a short story um, and more comfortable with putting that critical voice away and just allowing myself to have fun, uh, it got less and less structured. Um, and I, I, you know, I just found it to be a, a wonderful experience uh the further and further along i got and and the less i worried about having a plan up front or having an idea up front so yeah i think the more you do it just the more comfortable you get in your mm -hmm. own skin and you just go for it that's good so so talk talk to us about the kind of publishing side the the design the you know you you obviously had covers for each story, which is a lot of covers. Um, you know, were you doing those yourself? Um, talk to us a little bit about even titles. Like how did you come up with those? Was that after the fact or, you know, do you have a title and kind of go with it or yeah, just that, that's always interesting to me and maybe to some of our, our audience kind of how the actual like production of the, the, the finished thing. Well, that that's part of the fun for me too. I, I really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to kind of make my own uh, covers these individual stories so i would use uh, a tool called canva mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and put together just you know whatever images were in my mind of how this story uh sort of related so uh that was a blast i had so much fun doing that uh, but and then of course at the end of the process uh, i decided not to use the individual story covers but then to just compile the stories and put them in a single book um, actually what I did is I put them in a single book with the, uh, lessons and the summaries, uh, behind each story. And, uh, they also created two books just for readers with the stories only in them. But, uh, when that was all done, yeah, I designed those covers myself. Uh, I spent a whole month learning InDesign, mm. uh, which is a monster, right? But uh, uh, that was a very fruitful experience because I'm having to go back and do it again now that uh, uh, my work that I've just finished. But uh, yeah, 
to me, that's all part of the creative process. And I like that whole thing, you know, the, the whole idea of indie authors and, you know, that we have a lot more responsibility and things we have to take in our own hands. And, you know, while that might be daunting for a lot of people, uh, it also gives you more control. So you have the ability to say, you know, what you want and what you don't want for those aspects of publishing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you're hitting on some too. I mean, the tools that we have available, I mean, even when I started, you know, eight, nine years ago, you know, indie publishing and things, it's like, I just, I mean, it was a nightmare, like getting a, yeah. you know, an ebook, you know, file um, and the stuff that can just spit out now, you know, uh, you mentioned Canva. I'll put that in the show notes too. I use Canva. I mean, pay the 12 bucks a month. It's totally worth it. Um, there's just a lot of inspiration and and templates that you can use. Like you don't have to be, you know, super designer guy or girl. Um, and you know, Photoshop, you don't even need Photoshop, you know, I mean, InDesign is obviously a, a different thing, but what now InDesign was that for like print, uh, stuff or yeah. is that okay? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's a beastly thing, but, um, but you know, with, with, um, you know, other, uh, programs like Vellum, I use Vellum. I mean, it spits out a print, you know, um, uh, file format and ebook and all that. Like it just makes it so much easier. Um, but yeah, there is something about that. You know, it's like people always say, well, indie authors are just control freaks, but it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's, you know, there is, you hear the horror stories. I mean, I I have, you know, traditional authors, friends, and I've, I've worked with traditional authors too, or publisher, excuse me. Um, where, you know, the vision for your book really isn't there. You know, the cover's not there. It's, it's right. kind of, you're on, you're dependent on the artist or, you know, the, the marketing department or whatever. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, that's not, or the title, like that's not the title, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it needs to be this or that. Um, and I think we have that control where we can, you know, even compete with, with some of the best stuff out there too. Um, yeah. and learn and from I what's I working. I can understand, you know, why, why a lot of people would, We'll rather just focus on writing the story and right. somebody handle all that stuff. Uh, right. I totally get that. And uh, if that works for you, uh, fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. I, my idea is what's right is what works for you. Right. So, uh, but for me, I love that. Uh, you know, for me, just that's that another fun part of the creative process is being able to, you know, put all that stuff together yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Yeah. So, okay. So journey eight, nine years, you're, you're writing the novel's not coming. You jump in 52 stories a few years ago. Now, what? so what's come out of that? What's kind of spawned out of the the 52 stories? I mean, I know you've written some other stuff now, um, some longer works. Like when when did you decide, okay, now I I think I'm ready to jump back into novel world or, you know, novelette or whatever. Um, Take us through that. Where are you at now? Uh, uh, Fantastic question. So uh, uh, a a big thing, what I learned in this process is sort of, the story is going to be what it's going to be. And I I go into these stories with an idea for a character or just a situation or a setting. And at this point now, I don't know if it's going to be a short story, if it's going to hold up to a a novel length work. Uh, So, uh, coincidentally, the last story I started three months ago ended up being a novel length work. So I just wrapped that up and I'm super excited to get that out there right now. It's out to my first readers. So yeah, I'm, 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 you know, it feels great to know that all the work I put in for this challenge is, you know, I'm really starting to see it pay off because uh, I had, I have that confidence now to uh, just write whatever's going to come out. And if it's a novel, fantastic. Uh, if it's a short story, great. I'll, you know, send it off somewhere or I'll save it for a collection down the line. So 
uh, yeah, it's just, it just feels so freeing, you know, knowing that I can write and whatever I produce is going to be something that's going to be, you know, fun and, and useful for me. You know, I, I wonder as you're describing this, you know, I, I work with a lot of writers and, you know, I, I am a writer and, and, you know, interview a lot of people, obviously. And, uh, you know, one of the things I hear a lot is it, it's almost like, uh, and maybe this is some of the, our perfectionism, maybe it's some of the ways we, we think about things and maybe we're thinking about it wrong. I don't know. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. It, it's like we have this big plan, like, okay, it, I got this trilogy and it's going to be this many words and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, I got, I got these ideas. But then you, you find writers, it's like they spend nine years on that because it's like, that's, no, it has to be this. And yet I love what you're saying about, no, it needs to be what it needs to be. And, and you know what? I thought it was gonna be a hundred thousand word sci-fi, you know, tome. And it's going to be actually a 20,000 word, you know, mystery, you know, novelette or whatever. Um, and, and I think that's a freedom that like, I think a lot of writers don't really embrace is because I don't understand writing. I mean, it's like, it, there's a weird subconscious creative thing that just happens and it and and a lot of times it just needs to be what it needs to be i mean i I found even with like my nonfiction work that the idea i had is nothing like the finished product it was like i started over here on the left and it's way over here on the right and and yet i think it's exactly what it needed to be at that time and and where i was and what i needed to say and um and, and that's man i love that i love just the freedom that you're you're describing is you know be okay with like twists and turns and you know, it's okay. If it needs to be longer, it needs to be shorter, it needs to be a short story. That's fine. I, I've actually heard Stephen King talk this way. Um, I mean, not to compare ourselves to Stephen King by any means, but, but you know, he, he'd always say like, no, I started writing this short story and it ended up being a novel or I started this thing. I thought it was going to be a novel and it was ended up being, you know, the seeds of Shawshank Redemption, you know, that was just a short, yeah. short, you know, some of his best stuff is kind of a shorter stuff. Um, you know, and it's like, yeah, that, that's great that that can, you can have that kind of freedom, you know, to just say, let's let it be what it needs to be. Well, I think, you know, I think the key, and this is probably also a big lesson I learned is writing has to be fun. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not having fun, if you had this picture in your mind of, like you said, it has to be organized over three books. It has to be this has to, you know, to me, that, that is a lot of what it probably pushed me away from the writing uh, through those eight years. And so now that I know I can just come to the keyboard and let my subconscious just sort of, you know, say what it wants to say and, and, and entertain me in the process. Uh, and the writing sort of just takes care of itself. So I think a big, you know, a big part is this fear. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Dean Wesley Smith and Catherine Rush. Uh, it's another gentleman uh, named Harpy Stambro that I follow. And they all espouse this idea of, you know, the of fear is what really keeps us from producing. And so if you can just, you know, not be afraid, let your subconscious have fun, let yourself have fun. Uh, it's amazing what you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's a, I mean, a little bit of what you've, you're trying to do or have done with the the short stories is, is also to like challenge yourself to do something that maybe isn't what you typically do. You know, it's yeah. like, well, I write 120,000 word novels. Well, it's like, Hey, maybe write 50 short stories and see what that's like. You know, um, there's a lot of novel writers I've heard even like pretty well-known ones. It's like, they have a hard time writing short stories is because it's just a different yeah. muscle <laughs> and it's, you know, they yeah. think, Oh, well, I've written, you know, these huge books. Of course I can write a short story and they get into it. And it's like, man, this is difficult. You know, it's hard to like keep things short and to the point yes. and moving along and, you know, 
um, which, which I, and I think, so I think all of it, I mean, what we're, I think what we're talking about is all of it challenges you in different ways and pushes you in different ways and not being so enamored with certain genre or style or length or, you know, whatever. And as indie writers, that's the, that's the joy we have is like, we have a yeah. canvas to play with and there's no, this is how you do it, you know, um, right. which is fun. And I think, you know, a lot of publishing, you know, Dean Wesley Smith talks about that, you know, back in the day in the publishing industry, books had to be a certain length because they had to justify sitting on shelves, you know? And so that's why a lot of books have a lot of padding in them and they get boring in the middle is because, you know, you got, you can't have a 30,000 word novel or 50,000 word. It's got to be 80 or 90 or a hundred thousand. So it can sit nice on the shelf, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and I still see that even some commercial stuff today, it's like you get into these books and you're like, man, you just spent a hundred pages. It's like, that has nothing to do with, it. you know, it's just like, it's yeah. nothing. Like it could have been cut out, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. And yeah. I, you know, I think that's also a big reason. Like, I, I don't think I've, I ever would have been an author, you know, let's say 20 years ago where uh, traditional publishing was really your only option. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that, pro- that whole process of, you know, trying to fit your, creative idea into these this whatever boundaries have been set uh would just kill me and mm-hmm. uh and that's probably a, another reason that i i at least in this point in time i don't think i would ever go traditional publishing unless it was uh, there was some flexibility there mm-hmm. yeah because uh, like i said it's just i want to have fun you know mm-hmm. i want to enjoy the writing process and to me this is something uh it's like cracking open a new book I got, you know, from the bookstore, I, had, I, I know I have an idea, but I don't really know where it's going to go or anything mm-hmm. about it. And uh, yeah, so to me, it's like I said, got to keep it fun. And, and that's what keeps you writing. I like that. So here's a question of all questions. Uh, you know, you, you've, you're obviously promoting in a sense like prolific writing and, you know, we are the prolific writer podcast, you know, it's kind of a philosophy we have. And, and again, I, I think people don't always understand it. It doesn't mean you have to write a book every week or month or, you know, whatever. Um, but consistent, you know, we want to be consistent. We want to get work out there. I love the 52 story idea because of that, you know, it's getting work out there. It's learning how to, how to write. It's learning how to publish all those things. You know, is there, is there any, and just from your experience and now where you are in 2019, is there, would you encourage someone to say, you know, you do need to, to at least try to produce X amount of words, X amount of books, X amount of stories, you know, in a given time, if you want to at least get your eye, some eyeballs on your work. I mean, is there, is one book in a year going to cut it? Or is there really a sense of like, you got to do something you got to, I mean, have you thought through that at all? Just kind of what prolific looks like and what's manageable, you know, with all the other things going on? Well, like you said, uh, everybody's different and, you know, a lot of people have a lot busier lives than, than I do. And, uh, but if, if they have that drive to write something, you know, to me in that, in that sense, prolificness is getting to the keyboard at every possible chance. And as long as you are there and you're producing and you're writing, uh, you know, if you are taking care of four or five kids and you know, you maybe have an hour a week. Well, if you're spending that hour a week, you know, sitting there doing your writing uh, to me, that's prolific. You know, it's, it's a matter of taking advantage of the time that you have and really, you know, really living your dream, really saying, I want to be a writer. So I'm going to write. And uh, you know, for me, uh, that meant uh, something 
as rigid as 52 stories in 52 weeks. But not everybody has to do that. Uh, and, and in fact, Dean Wesley Smith, uh, he mentioned the first time he tried that, I think he said he only got to 30 or 40 something stories. So, you know, wow, imagine that where you, maybe you didn't have any stories last year and now this year you have mm -hmm. 30 or 40 stories. Yeah. So technically, yeah, you didn't achieve your goal, but wow, you have 30 or 40 yeah. stories that you yeah. get to yeah. publish. So yeah, to me, it's it's just taking advantage of, uh, of the time you have and really putting in the work. Now, have you seen uh, traction? I mean, just from, you know, getting more work out there, getting, you know, even just kind of what you're describing, like the, the habit, the discipline to, to just keep writing. I mean, as you've kind of put yeah. more, more stuff into the world, I mean, you've done some nonfiction stuff too. Yeah. How, how's that been for you? Yeah. So uh, I had a goal at the beginning of this year. Chris uh, said, okay, if I went crazy with the two stories of 52 weeks. Well, I'm going to go for four novels and one nonfiction book this year. So, uh, so far I, I wound up with a novella, um, and I started the nonfiction book, but that sort of went to the sidelines. Um, I had some, some life roles going on. Uh, and when I got back to the writing, uh, I, I wanted to have fun with the fiction part of it. So, uh, I just wrapped up my first novel and started my second one already. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, definitely the momentum is there and, uh, I'm hoping, you know, by the end of this year, I will have uh, a novella and hopefully two novels out there for folks to read. Great. Great. I love that. Uh, so, so Philip, tell me, um, you know, as we, we kind of land the plane a little bit is, you know, someone, we always ask this question, you know, is, someone's just starting out, you know, they, they could have a book out there. They may just kind of dip in their toes into writing, you know, what, what would be just some, some lessons you would, you would share? I know I've, I've heard some of them, but but you know, what would be some things just to, to kind of encourage the, the, the writer that might maybe even feel like you a few years back, like just feeling kind of stuck, not sure, you know, what I should be doing. Yeah. yeah where, where do they start? Where do they begin? You know, the, the first thing I would say is you, you obviously have gotten into this writing field because you want to tell stories uh, or, or you want to, um, you know, just share your thoughts and opinions with the world. Uh, so remember that. And that critical voice is going to constantly come at you and tell you it's not good enough, or you need to work on this more, you need to work on that more, and it can be discouraging. Uh, so I would, my, my key advice is do whatever it takes to keep the work fun. And, you know, as you're learning a craft, you're going to stumble. I mean, it's, it, there's so many different pieces of, uh, writing in general that all come together to make a, uh, you know, coherent, larger piece. And it's going to take time and practice to learn those things. So what the great part though, is if you're having fun in your writing, you're getting the practice in, you know, you're, you're doing that. So, you know, uh, going back to the key idea, have fun, you know, that's, that's the key. That's the goal. Yeah. That's great. I, I think you're, you're, you're hitting on something that's not probably talked about enough is just the, the fun aspect. Uh, you know, we, we, it's like the suffering artist thing, the, you know, what we're doing, we're suffering for our, I mean, that just has no, I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, let's keep things in perspective, right? It's, it, we're not, you know, curing cancer and, you know, I mean, and, 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 and I think, yeah, when you don't bring that element of fun into your writing room, it is difficult. 
to keep going. Cause I think sometimes you, you start getting too serious. Like, Oh, you know, you wrote, I think on a blog, you talked about perfectionism a little bit. And it's like when that perfection demon kind of pops its head up, it's just, it, it's ridiculous how much yeah. it can just cause you to just freeze and like, Oh, this is, I mean, that's why I spent three years on a short story. It's like, it's just not perfect, you know? And it's yeah. like, well, what is perfect? You talked about that. Like, you know, your perfect is different than my perfect and your perfect day is different than my perfect day or, you know, whatever, or your, yeah. your, your favorite work is, you know, story is different than my favorite or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I think that's important, you know, just keeping it fun, keeping it light and then, you know, move on to the next thing. Some are going to go well, some are not. It's okay. Like just. Yeah. 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 And uh, touching back on that a little bit too, uh, right for you, right for yourself, mm-hmm. because the instant you decide that you're going to write for somebody else, uh, at least for me, that just freezes me up mm-hmm. because then I, you know, I really start to psychoanalyze every little piece and say, well, uh, I don't know if they'll like this part or why they're going to think this part uh, of the story boring. Uh, You know, keep yourself entertained right for you. Guarantee somebody out there is going to like it. And probably a lot of people are going to like it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it entertains you, chances are it's going to entertain a lot of folks. So Mm -hmm. yeah, to me, um, that's another important piece, just right for you. Fantastic advice. I love it. So Philip, tell me uh, what you're working on and then tell us kind of where we can find your, your books and, uh, and your writing and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like I said earlier, I just wrapped up, uh, it's about an 82,000 word novel. Uh, it wound up being, a, a, I guess you could call it a YA supernatural horror sort of thing, almost in the vein of uh, Stranger Things or Stephen King's It. So I think I got a lot of influence in this story. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. And I've started book two, uh, which is kind of uh, in that vein as well. They're probably going to wind up being some sort of series. Uh, so yeah, super excited to get those out there. And I do, as you mentioned, have a blog and a website, uh, philipmccullum.com. Uh, and I've, I've been neglecting posting anything there for a while uh, as I've been furiously writing away. So, uh, but expect more, uh, more posts now, especially as I, uh, get ready to publish this first novel. And, uh, you can find all my books on uh, Amazon, Google play. I, I, I'm pretty much wide except for, uh, the novella I worked on earlier this year. That's in, uh, Kittle select, but, uh, yeah, you can find me, uh, pretty much everywhere. Well, great. And I know you, you help a lot of writers too, and you've written some, you know, you've obviously documented your 52 stories, 52 weeks, check that out. Um, I think it'd be a great encouragement to people just to, you know, build some, some, you know, habits, challenges, you know, discipline just to kind of get, get work out there. And I think, um, I love how you, you talk about the process too. So it's, it's kind of like, here's what I'm learning. Here's what didn't go well. Here's what, you know, that's, that's always helpful too. Um, Yeah. I don't don't know about you, but a lot of times, uh, that's some of my favorite parts of when I pick up a book, like a Stephen King book. And a lot of times mm-hmm. you'll have two or three pages of yes. what he went through when he was writing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, fascinating. So I thought, well, yeah, why not do that for other people that, yeah, that's fantastic. All right. Well, Hey Philip, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, you helped a lot of writers today and uh, all the best. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I appreciate my, it. My pleasure. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. 
Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD, to save $10. 